The Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are listening to 3CR, Spoken Word, and I am George O'Hara, and today I am in the studio with Kendra Keller, a.k.a. Lady Longdrop. Good morning, Kendra. How are you? Good morning, George. I am so pleased to be here with you this afternoon. It oh, just, that's great. like, makes me feel like an artist again, because last time I was hanging out with you, I was getting to be that 24-7, and that makes me feel really alive. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the show, the Fringe show, uh, Kendra actually recently won the Spirit of Fringe Award for her wonderful show, Yay for Cane Toads, which won the award and had lots and lots of people. I was there. I was doing sound. Actually, uh, to be more precise, Yay for Cane Toads won the award, which was a show that I wrote, produced, performed in, and George O'Hara... <laughs> Did the incredible sound for, uh, d- designed beautiful sound. So actually, we won the award, George. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray for yay! <laughs> Shameless self promotion there. Yeah. So, uh, Kendra, you do poetry apart from this show. You've read. I've seen you at the Dan uh, doing a something about the moon, and you had the, the the Celtic drums many many years ago. In fact, I think last month's show that I did was a replaying of that show. No, I do remember you telling me a while ago that you recorded that show. Yeah. yeah, cool. So with regards to the Fringe show, uh, what inspired you to uh, do that subject matter? Because it was all about uh, uh, sugar and cane fields. It was, uh, for, for the, the listeners, to put it into perspective, there was about 200 kilos of sugar, uh, some in bags, some open and just spread out all over the floor. And uh, Kendra dressed in a very, uh, like a lace white dress that was made by, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Lara Week. Lara Week, uh, with very puffy sleeves and proceeded to pour molasses and and dance around in sugar for about 45 minutes, 40 minutes or 45 minutes, (laughs) Uh, which doesn't put it into perspective or, or give the listeners a good idea at all of what the show is, but next time it's on. Uh, we'll have to make sure that people come along to it. Mm, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what what inspired you to, to do that kind of show? Well, I suppose that it was, it was a show that grew out of an exploration that was a couple of years of inquiry. And um, I guess it sort of started for a bit of a question about relationship to landscape as a white fella in an Indigenous landscape in Australia. Um and there was a period of time where I was kind of wafting around in white lace in rainforests and deserts and wherever I found myself. Um, and then there was a, a, a moment when I realised that if I really wanted to get real about exploring and examining that relationship, it really needed to look at sugar um, and the history of the sugar industry in this country. And through that, I think what the show that, that I made I, um, was really a show about whiteness in the Australian context. Right. Um, with a, a particular lens of my own family's history um, and their relationship to the sugar industry, um, which is a pretty heinous one. If anyone knows anything about sugar industries anywhere, um, Australia's version of it was pretty much 
as bad as anywhere in a lot of ways. So that was being referenced in the show, the, the history of, of, of sugar, and certainly very viscerally with 200 kilos of sugar. Um, it opened my eyes as to the, the history of like the cane fields and the sugar industry in general about getting you know, people from other islands and then shipping them over to be slaves in the cane fields. It was, uh, yeah, it was actually quite a, quite a confronting uh, uh, subject. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I did do some level of research into that stuff. Um, uh, however, I, I, I guess the show that eventuated, it, it was important to me to be not trying to tell stories that weren't mine to tell. Um, uh, so, and, and, and a way, in a way, the work was more about a kind of broader story of colonial capitalist barbarity than... Uh, specifically about that history but I guess that history was sort of a major reference point but it also talks about um, real estate talks about the coal industry and more particularly I guess the kind of psychological positioning of forgetfulness and um, general kind of blankness and the huge blank spaces in in the certainly the white Australian psyche and I guess the kind of living, breathing terra nullius that's um, so alive and well, and um, sadly, sad to say, mm-hmm. in so many aspects of our contemporary society. Yes, yeah, like the show aside, uh, you yeah. also read poetry uh, and have performed at, at a number of events around Melbourne and around Australia at all. Yeah, tra- yeah cool. over the years. Cool. Um, I guess, yeah, my journey with writing poetry... Uh, I did write when I was a teenager, but I kind of really got back into it about five or six years ago now. And I had a real romance with spoken word um, and poetry in general. And really a a, a beautiful time kind of discovering a a voice for myself in that. Um, So I did do quite a lot of poetry and spoken word uh, a few years ago and I'm, I've continued to do bits and pieces and and I still write. I write a lot. Um, uh, you, I, mm, oh, sorry, do you but, have anything that you could read today? I'll just sure. finish, finish what you were saying. Yeah, then, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I do have a couple of things um, that I thought I might share today that are more recent pieces. So this is something that I actually wrote earlier in the year. There's sort of always always these points of choice that we have in our lives and as artists in particular of kind of direction, I suppose. Um, And I felt like I had a bit of one of those earlier in this year where it was like there was quite a few threads really pulling me to kind of do a big, uh, go and do a whole lot of exciting theatre trainings in Europe and spend some time over there. And then there was some really strong things sort of holding me here. And this piece was sort of... A bit of a reflection on that came out of that moment. Maybe I should just fuck off to Europe and forget about this hole. Notice when I pop back in for the occasional visit that there are more fences hiding things they don't want us to see. That it is quieter in the early morning, even on the edge of the forest. Glimpse as I speed past the red behind the green, hold the thought before it slips away that the edge is all there is 
Behind that facade they've left is that huge hole and those poisoned places. Someone will say, don't go the inland way. Best to fly over and away and from the plain I'll see it and be glad to be leaving the hole. And I'll think how I should make a work about it, something gritty, something deep. I'll be glad to see that the ocean still looks blue from 10,000 feet. Over there, in artist heaven, I'll be carving out brilliance, pushing the edges. And sometimes I'll lie awake, ribs heaving under the weight. I'll fall asleep and I'll be a lorikeet up high in the bounty of a sea of flowering tea tree. I'll be five years old watching the last of that tea tree wallum being pushed over by dozers. I'll wake to the roar of traffic and another day to talk about beauty out of a pretty mouth held up on a scaffolding of teeth. Yeah, wow. That was awesome. <laughs> I decided to stay yeah, this right. year <laughs> and make the fringe show with George yep, yep. <laughs> and everybody else. And everybody else. Yeah, yeah. There was there, yeah, there was a there was a crew of about five people yeah. um, that were all helping, uh, and yeah, I was, props to them, especially the moving of the sugar. Uh, <laughs> the fifteen minute changeover times were a bit fun, uh, but I learned a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I can move sugar really fast. But yeah, like, do you have plans for uh, any any shows coming up or in the future, like the next year or so in Melbourne or elsewhere, or like this, like the Fringe show? Are you looking at continuing that as a as a thing? Mm, so, yay for Cane Toads, which is the show that I did for Fringe. I am feeling that that show has a bit of momentum and and a further life. So please do keep your ears peeled for that. Eyes peeled. <laughs> ears open. Keep your ears peeled. Um, yeah. Sure I, I think it may have a bit of an East Coast tour um, cooking up and uh, an encore season of some description in Melbourne down the track. Yeah. So, yeah, that show I think will have a further life and – I am absolutely thinking about the next show as well. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool, mm. cool. But you'll be do also doing poetry and and job and all the all the yeah. things that inverted commas normal people do to, yeah. to get by. Yes, um, but you're using it to create arts, which is kind of fantastic, and it's the reason that this radio station exists because it's a community radio station. Mm. Um, the fact that you're doing that and like you do the work for however many months, and then you take some time off to, to create this thing is uh, I think we need more of it and yeah I hope mm. that support does happen mm. which would be good yeah always that interesting juggle for um, people trying to carve out a pathway as an independent artist um, yes yeah and for me in the last year or so that's looked like having um, a nearly full-time day job with Ilbidgeri Theatre Company mm. which has been an incredibly special and privileged space to be in and, oh, and the fact that I was able to then take a month off and be like, hey, I'm going to make my own theatre now and have that fully supported by the company and then be able to come back into a role where I'm supporting other people to make fantastic theatre is, um, yeah, something That's I'm... That's pretty amazing, yeah. Super, yes, yeah, super yeah. grateful for. Yeah. Stoked. 
That's way cool. What I actually really want to do yeah. <laughs> is to do another piece that's kind of like, kind of follows on from the one that I just did before. Yep. Um, and is another another piece that's come out of a similar nest of concern and, and out of some of the, the thinking time that I had over a year ago um, when I had uh, some solid time off day jobbing to really kind of go deep and consider some things that I and what I wanted to make work about. And this is one poem that came out of that, something that I feel I'd really like to share with you guys. Cool. Um, it's called Void Dreaming. First, what happened was he sat in a dozer, a length of chain grinding away, flattening. Then what happened was silence that pressed down like a sky full of E-flat. Emptiness, howling through ears and mouths and bowels. A man had give his ass and shit out of his ribs to be part of that emptiness. To lay claim to it. Let his tongue hang in her mouth above the huge flat paddock. A man would find a lot of things to say without saying anything to keep her pretty blue sky wrapped around his shoulders like a possum skin cloak. A man would kill himself and his voice and all the birds down by the river if it gave him a bit of peace, a bit of blank space to frame on a wall or lie down next to or burn up on the road or spill out in parliament or vomit onto a screen before a deadline. He likes the delete button. He likes a page full of nothing. A woman would give her right eyeball and see out of her hands to know something, anything about how to heal his endless howl of barbed wire straightness through her body. A woman would lose a lot of tears and a lot of blood to hear that river in flood again to feel those birds coming back. First, what happened was she breathed in the heat off the huge paddock. She breathed in the long line of hills that refused to lie down and be flat. She breathed out bull dust and coal dust and cane trash. She breathed out bullshit budgets based on the long-term interests of old boys' post-political careers. She breathed out marriages based on the convenience of keeping each other empty. She breathed out black mirrors full of nothing upon nothing and aching hunger for more nothing. She breathed in the sweat of leaves and the swelling of cicadas. She breathed in molecules dancing across her own eyeball and a small ant carrying a huge seed. Then what happened was lightning and a new kind of fire. She likes a bit of track to tread in the warm rain. Wow. <laughs> that was fantastic. I was seeing like the, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, cool. It's my specialty. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's very visual. Yeah, a lot of your poetry is very visual. That that uh, draws or paints a picture of um, 
I guess what you want the audience to see, but that with that comes the 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 feeling and the uh, uh, emotion, I guess, of of the poem. Mm. So uh, let let's talk a little bit about the uh, the process of uh, creating this show. So one of the things that was super exciting and a new thing in in a in a lot of ways for me as a, a person on a journey, as an artist on a journey. Um, was with this show to have the opportunity to really work closely with some other creative colleagues um, on something that was my own vision, but to to find the way of of sharing that and including other people's creative genius, skill set, awesomeness in that. There were several people that I worked with. I worked with Jack Shepard in a dramaturgical kind of capacity, also as a cultural consultant, earlier on in the development process that was really helpful and satisfying and creatively I worked with uh, also with Lara Week who did the design um, of the set and made my costume and also kind of did a whole lot of other (laughs) support and like reassurance having uh, someone who's been involved in a lot of um, independent theatre productions uh, and I worked with George O'Hara, which was something that basically since I very first came to Melbourne five years ago and started getting so excited about spoken word and was going to poetry gigs. One of the very early poetry gigs that I went to um, was a gig at the the Passionate Tongues gig um, and – George was doing was part of a feature there where he was doing some weird music stuff as well as his own really weird, wonderful poetry. Hmm. And I kind of went, oh, that's a dude that I want to work with sometime. And oh, it's taken cool. five years. Yeah. Um, and we actually have sort of said that to each other several times. Let's do something together. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, like, I, I don't remember you at uh, Passionate Tongues. I remember mm. you at uh, Ferdurk when it was upstairs where you ran up to me and scared me half to death because I'd won the Pablo Neruda works of Pablo Neruda book <laughs> that's my first memory of you I was like I wanted that yeah um <laughs> and, you and you're to you're tall and I was quite not um uninebriated uh, so to have you storm across this crowded room just go you've got my book was, um yes it was a it was a memory I'll, oh I'll, I'll say that. but oh, yeah we terrifying you've never seen yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit but I think one of the things that I click with you over George and that definitely I feel like came through in the show is the kind of wacky absurdity even within something that's quite – Yeah. That has a serious intent but that, you know, we both kind of really jam with the weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and being able, yeah, being able to present that in a way that the audience is not going to start – like they're not going to sit down at the beginning of the show and just go, oh, my God, this is so full on and, and leave. It's like they, they kind of yeah. get sucked in. And then you, you know, drop the the truth bombs or, or drama yeah. on them and stuff. But the, yeah, the way that um, we work together, I think, was really awesome. I think <laughs> so. Yeah, if you do, if you do, uh, when you do, continue the show. Give me a call, and I'll be something like that'd be cool. You're you're on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Um, so this is the character Susanna, and she's uh, opens the show and plays a pretty large part in it now what are your views on real estate now the three p's of prime property proprietorship 
our position, position, position. And where are you from? Nowhere, I suppose. Just materialised out of nothing. Not from anywhere, just perfectly normal, uninteresting piece of stock standard, plain Jane nothing. Well, fancy that. Me too. And where are you from? She's giving me that look. What's she thinking? Now look, don't do that. Don't think at me. Judge me before I've said anything. I know what you're thinking. I'm really not like that. Ignorant, uneducated, dimwit, shithead, empty continent of a brain, terror fucking nullius in the top paddock. And cue music. <laughs> and change the lighting. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks now. <laughs> it's in deep. <laughs> you got to yeah. dig it out with a teaspoon, all that shit. That one again, that's a good poem. So, that, yeah, that was uh, uh, the Susanna uh, character, mm. um, who was the, you know, the older generation character of the show uh, that was very white bread, <laughs> mm. I guess you could say. So, yeah, and then, so this is a piece that was kind of, uh, we had recorded as a spoken word piece with uh, George's soundscape, and then it was a movement piece um, that kind of interjected in the middle of Susanna's kind of grand self. <laughs> it's in deep. You got to dig it out with a teaspoon. All that sugar. It's in every turn of phrase, deep in inherited memory, in muscle memory, in the body, in the way toes are distorted and turned in from ten generations of boss's boots. It raises itself unexpectedly. When you're going about being a nice person, out it comes, that quick cane fire, that hard cane knife tongue. There it is, the coldness. The heat. You gotta dig it out with a teaspoon. And then what? Then shape it into visible form so you can kick it. So you can spit on the fucker and stomp on it. You gotta dig it out with a teaspoon. And then what? Look at it? Yeah, look at it. Cook with it? Nah, don't cook with it. Tip it out slowly. Let the light run through it. Tip it where? Onto the ground. Onto the earth. Leave it out for the ants to take back to the forest. Back into the cracks under the bitumen. Now where was I? The three P's of prime property proprietorship. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that's... Uh the show uh in a nutshell <laughs> it was it was yeah 45 minutes of transition from yeah one character to another and and um yeah I, I, it was quite moving i mean even like we had what five six shows six shows yeah yeah and and still at the end um of the sixth show uh i was still like I mean, I mean, there, there was the whole belief. Oh my goodness, it's <laughs> over! And when can we do the next one? Combination thing. Um, but yeah, I was still moved at, at the the 
just the the the, the drama and the, the the emotion of the what was the the subject matter um and yeah it, it, it's it, it kind of um yeah it was cool Hmm. <laughs> trying to find a nice word for it and, uh, no, it, was, it was just cool it was cool it was, yeah. that, it was the good cool it was cool it was the cool <laughs> part of the cool editing um, that bit out and you know George was working on it with me thought so my mum thought so and, and I'm just so stoked that the uh, Fringe establishment also thought so and that we've yeah. got this lovely accolade of which is um, fantastic I thought that was it Spirit, no, no, no. Yep. A Spirit of Fringe Award. Yep. I was just pulling my necklace out from in my shirt and George thought maybe I was wearing it <laughs> around <laughs> my neck, <laughs> which <laughs> one of my housemates has been joking that he actually wants to put the award on a chain that I can wear around Is my this neck. Is the, so. <laughs> the um, Rodriguez? Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. He's away. Because, all right. All right. No. Because he was also Tom, part of Tom, shout out to Tom. Right, right. Rodrigo was also part of... Rodrigo, sorry. ...a very important part of the support yes. team. He made all the biscuits... Yes. ...that were part of the show. That was so good. <laughs> and the other person that we haven't mentioned is Emma Bell. Oh, Emma, yeah. ...who was the yeah. most friggin' incredible... Uh, yeah, I don't know where she gets her energy from. Yeah, she stage-managed um, yeah. the 200 kilos of sugar being bumped in and out with 15-minute changeovers for the fringe season. And then the other person that we also really have to mention, of course, is the Burrow venue. Oh, yes. Um, so Swiss, Swiss and, and Pippa, and Pippa. Um, who run the Burrow, which is so chill and accommodating of us doing our Throwing mad sugar thing. all over the floor, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a really special to have landed with them. They were, Yeah, they were yeah. Um, amazing people. Brunswick Street. Um, and, yeah, and check it out. A diverse, cool. awesome program of independent yeah. artists' yeah, work. Really. And um, if you have something that you're thinking of putting on, I would highly recommend. Yeah, it's a great space. Because worlds are small and the hats that we wear as artists and humans in the creative world in Melbourne are multiple, um, Pippa, who uh, of the borough, I also have dealings with through our, our respective day jobs at the moment, um, so Pippa works for Art Centre Melbourne and is producing an incredible festival of young theatre makers work at the, that is kicking off, uh, on Wednesday called Future Echoes and Ilbidjuri, um, Emerging Artists Ensemble called Ilbidjuri Ensemble, um, has a show as part of that festival called Conversations with the Dead by Richard Franklin. And that opens on Wednesday and runs through till Saturday. Uh, and from what I've seen of that work, it is going to be something pretty special. Um, so that was something that I'm just going to like, yeah, put my other yeah. hat on for a second and say, get along to that and other things at Future Echoes uh, if you have some time. Yep. So where, where is that? It's happening? all based at Art Centre Melbourne. Art Centre so Melbourne, the uh, Conversations with the Dead is in the Fairfax studio. Yep, opens on Wednesday. Cool. And it's, oh, I think it's 6.30 nightly. No, that would be Wednesday as in... That's yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still <laughs> on be, yep, tonight yep, and tomorrow until, and Saturday. Yep. <laughs> so they will be running uh, until Saturday. To, until Saturday yep. the 26th of yep. October. Yep. So this is a poem I've also performed recently at the... What's it called? Where did I do it? At Footscray? At that place. At that place that sloth. you also go. Sloth. Oh, Sloth. Yeah, yeah sloth. On, on Barclay Street. Yeah, so um, this wonderful event Wednesday night that George is also a part of. Yes, that's an open arts open mic. 
open not. arts, open mic. Yep. So you don't get all you poetry people. Probably, they can go there too. You don't get it in your little news thing because it's not like strictly poets only. But a lot of poets do go, and then there's yep. also other others of us who've branched out beyond <laughs> poetry. There's also space for us to like spread our wings a bit there, yep. which is really um, lovely. So uh, I actually I had a feature there a couple of months ago um, in the lead up to the Shay, and um, I did do some pretty uh, arty performance things and for about 25 minutes, and within that was one spoken word piece, which is this. So you came back, summer breeze, for one last warm night. You came back and moved through my curtains, tossed and turned sticky in my bed. You came back with black eyes and crawled in beside me. And I cradled you through a long, humid night. And there wasn't any need to remake what had all been made before. Black pomegranate sauce, black sesame, blackened esfan, red pomegranate juice and green pomegranate leaves. You came in the night unannounced through my open door. It was Nauru's. It was the last warm night of the year. You put a wedding band of ice on my finger that would melt into the hollow beneath your collarbone. And there wasn't any need for words. And that's unfortunately all we have time for this week. So from me in the studio, this is George O'Hara for 3CR's Spoken Word. 3CR!